I am unashamed. What about you? Well, this went off the rails. We hadn't even got started yet. So I, the, the last podcast we did, I was I was making a point of about the internet, social media. Is it using you, or are you using it? Hopefully for something good. I think that's a good question. Everybody comes to a to a crossroads when it comes to that. So for the most part. I have been away from social media for three or four years. I did one time tweet, I love LSU baseball after they did a walk-off, but I didn't hang around and see what everybody said. I mean, it's like midnight. There was nobody up probably anyway. But after uh, after what you said, Phil, I did a I did a test last night, and I'm, I'm going to look at the results. I went to Twitter, and I just quoted a verse. A Bible verse, which I think other people do that, but I did that one oh, yeah, time. Quite a, well, you didn't do it on social media. I, I don't know who, what, what, what it was. Well, yeah, I remember that story, but yeah. <laughs> so I put love is patient, kind, rejoices in truth. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil. Is not easily angered. Is not self-seeking nor boastful or envious. It always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Then I did a hashtag, which is kind of like if you can get something trending. And I put the verse 8, love never fails. So you want to see the results? Well, we, we have, a, we have a, a love problem in the United States of America oh, worldwide. That's what I thought. I.e., you know, Putin... And what he's doing, you say that that's that's the opposite of love. Love never fails. So what's this guy doing? He's slaughtering his. Yeah. His, well, what I was thinking is his fellow man is slaughter. There's a lot of hashtags about love, and you know some people love pizza. They when you use the word for all kinds of contexts, but yeah. if you define it, that 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 gets difficult when you kind of break those things down. That First Corinthians thirteen says those are difficult things to do. Not being easily angered. Oh, and most of the times, the reason you're easily angered is because you didn't stop and think about it. I mean, it something happened and you're hot immediately. You don't know what love is yet. Well, right. So, and I did that last night about ten or eleven o'clock. So I got six hundred and eighty-eight people. They can click a little heart. That means, which is ironic, that they love this. So yeah. I don't know if they are thinking about the definition when they actually click the heart, but there's some irony there. 64 people, I don't know how to explain this to you, Phil. They retweeted <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, what's the tweet part? <laughs> mm. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> no. Uh, it Basically, they send out his sentiment over their feed by retweeting it. They're taking his tweet no, he's and sending it out to out. all their followers. This is brain surgery right now. So uh, what did they find wrong with No, there was nothing wrong. They took that quote that I took from the Bible, and they put it on their thing, their page, platform. their yeah, wall. Page. Their, they said, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I meant to say. So, so then, you didn't get any reverbs. No, on, I got. On, the, we're getting to that. I got fifteen got comments. comments. We need to get 15. rid of you because you you're on the wrong road. <laughs> we're liable to get into that. Who knows? We're doing this just yeah. just right. So, fifteen comments, and I'm daring to do this. This is something I would never do. Suggest, so but normally I, I don't read the comments. No, either. but if you're gonna, I'm posting the definition of love according to the Holy Scriptures. I'm well, to get the Beatles pulse. came out with "All you need is love." That's my point. Uh, that that, <laughs> it, that right there, they they did well with that saying. So you're but just what does love mean? Even I, the Beatles got it. But I define love according to the God's. I yeah. think there's a difference. The I Beatles think the, didn't define it too much. The world, I think, needs to know the definition of love according oh, to the Bible. Tell Talk me about, about it. it. Okay, so. Uh, Thank you. All right. First one, positives. I love that verse. Got some amens. Amen. Amen. This guy had a music teacher that 
that made a song out of that. It's really good. Okay, thanks for sharing. Uh, there's a couple. Paul, was Paul McCartney the one teaching him? No, I don't know who this, <laughs> who it is. You don't really know these people. They're just people. They have pictures. Yeah. And, so uh, there's a few about the Unashamed podcast. Uh, there's a reference to oh, when I said I could be wrong. Oh, he said I could be wrong in quotations because remember I made. I think we ought to do a shirt over that. Yeah. And put the it's, already, it's already being made, I found oh, out yesterday. Well, he put, I could be wrong, but I believe your podcast is the best out there. But he put, I could be wrong in quotations. Now, see, that's, that's clever. Good. This is that's clever. <clears throat> this is why people used to like this stuff. Uh, now, this fellow here said his priest used this verse in one of his homilies. What's a homily? Uh? That's a that's sermon. That's, that's their, the Catholic's word for sermon okay. is a homily. In the homily... He said, replace the word love with Jesus when reading it. Jesus is love. Good idea. Good idea. Great, great, great. idea. A couple more amens, favorite verse. Now, now somebody put a picture, and there's two people holding a C-shape with their hand and put it together with the sky in the background, and it's the shape of a heart. Now, that's next level. That's pretty good. Okay. So, so you far. You think they already I'll had the see. picture? They did it just based on your tweet. They could have walked outside and did but it. No naysayers or cursing. Not, not oh, yet. Oh, well, possible right here. Mm. This is a long comment. Yep. Let me you make sure the there's no four-letter words here. <coughs> no, this is this is uh okay. This is interesting. This is all right. So this is this guy's response <clears throat> to the definition of love. This level of love is especially necessary. When you unknowingly drive your truck down the wrong road and get cussed out by some crazy, wild-eyed, demonic screaming that you've went down the wrong road. That's, he's, he's a That's listener because he's referring to your story. You remember when you told that story? Oh, is that my you story? Were, yeah, you were, you oh. were looking for... That's what he's saying. Okay, that's yeah. what he—he's referring to your story. No, that, that was scary. Yeah, yeah. He's saying you got to be a—you got to understand love to not react in a bad way when yeah, that happens. To you. I did that, and I had my buddy on the phone who heard the whole thing. Yeah, that was crazy. All right, we have one comment that is possibly contains of offensive content. Uh oh, here we go. I'm gonna click Last. it, and I'm gonna cover my eyes if it's something really bad. Nope. We have to be. We may have our first beep out on the Unashamed podcast. You know what it says? Love never fails. Well, how could that possibly be offensive to anybody? Love never fails. So I guess the so computer, so the Phil, algorithm. Actually, there was not one negative comment, and a lot of people. I mean, in a few hours, said, "Yeah, rock on." So there, that shows you. It's it's. It can be something good can happen. Yeah. That was right. my point. So I proved it. How it do you feel about means this you don't... Tell? Well, uh, that, that you, you might have uh, uh, entered a zone whereby it could keep the, these United States of America from collapsing. They understand <laughs> if they understand love. I know one thing. Wow. I don't think that took that thing to thirty thousand feet in a hurry. That's Boy, a big that, overview. Phil. It you all know, started uh, with. It also one means tweet. you That's don't it. have a lot of trolls. So, Dad, do you know what a troll is? Somebody just going through, just sifting information. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's exactly right. And well, and. Th- where the, yeah. the trolls they they follow people that they don't like, and then they they comment make comments to their tweets, and are always negative and usually like badly negative. Like Franklin Graham is a perfect example. He'll tweet something you know something positive and something good. And if you go down and look at the comments, it's funny. I don't like reading my own comments, but every once in a while I read somebody else's, and it's just brutal. I mean the things they call them and talk about them. And so it's, they they call them trolls. They're just trying to bait you into getting into a, you know, no. tit for tit with them. You know, There's a word in the Bible for that. It's called depravity. There you go. Depra- well, Depraved I, trolls. I, I just don't if think If you think I would... it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, you would say the first thing on the agenda was love God and love your neighbor. 
I don't see the downside to that, but you're saying there's a throng of people out there. They're saying no. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not real. That's not the way to go. So if you say, well, so if it's not love, what's the way to go in your opinion? And if they say hatred is what I'm about, I love to hate and I love to take out verbally. But is it really hate if you're just typing something on? I mean, it may be hate, but I'm saying... Out of the overflow of the heart, Jace, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. But I'm saying everybody is, it's an embellished version of yourself. You're 10 feet tall when you're on your couch eating Cheetos, typing mean, (laughs) hateful things. That's right. Well, and it's always always a personal attack, too. So a good example, and it didn't happen, I'm glad it didn't, but a good example would be if Jace put that tweet and then people were responding the way they did, and then somebody comes in and says, oh, yeah, you're a real lover of people. You hate this and you hate that. You hate gays. You hate, you know, and then they just start in on you and not even knowing you, but just based on whatever they've heard about you or whatever. I mean, that's, that's what would happen to Adam. You have platforms that obviously you don't personally get engaged in but if if you were to do the same thing you have trolls trust me uh and that that's the kind of stuff they would respond the to the number one the number one issue when i did one after the other after the other interviews with that reached all the way across america and they kept saying how are you going to retaliate because you were one of the first ones that the cancel culture attacked so how you how do you what you gonna respond? But are you really counsel? What is it? It's it's an illusion that people came up with. We're gonna counsel you on social media platforms. They started. You're not on social. They media. were issuing no. They were issuing. I wasn't on any. Did you feel at any point canceled? No. That's what I'm saying. But they were saying, but you got canceled because did it cost you money, your company, because of you you quoting a Bible verse? I said yes, it did. It cost money. I said, but I'm not in the judging business. I just point the people who said, get him out of here, cancel that dude, because he quoted a Bible verse. But it really didn't cost you money because it all, you know, I mean, it, the show kept going or whatever. No, so, but he's talking about endor- endorsements. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, definitely... left for a, they left for a week and then they come back. No, they didn't. A lot of them never came back. But the endorsement well, deals, Jay's never came back. You I mean, had major were... companies. Oh, yeah, they 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 hit the road and said, we were done with the People that were endorsing you? Because they. Yeah, or, and Willie. Willie talks about losing a lot. Well, of, I asked know. Willie about it. He said it was millions. I guess they just love me more. I don't think anybody. <laughs> 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 well, James, what, I mean, you got the metal detector, and you know, yeah. you're, you're no, the people. Left, the, the people endorsing you. I did you, remind. You know? I reminded the uh, the interviewers that I was talking to. I did remind them. I said, you know, mm. yeah, they they clipped us for. I said, but I'm not mad about it. I'm kind of sad yeah. for them about it. So I just point point them to Jesus. To my knowledge, I, I said, I let God do the judging. Yeah. One lawgiver, one judge. The one who can save and destroy. I said, he'll work it out with them. I said, but I don't judge them, but I, I just yeah. point them to Jesus and keep moving. Well, the point, yeah. the whole point of the book, Uncanceled, was six was or seven once years your sins ago. have, once your sins have been canceled, then you don't worry about trying to cancel anything no. or anybody else. No, I mean we're, really, all, we're all on ri- the right no. side. The rich young ruler comes to mind. Maybe that's why Jesus said, "Hey, go sell everything you have." I mean, yeah. my faith is not for sale to be held at ransom. At any point, I mean, exactly that that story is real. Yep. I'm not going to compromise my faith based on some consequences of fame, no. fortune, as far as money or. I mean, that's it's just the, ridiculous. It's, it's the uh, let's take a break. You know, um, Lisa and I do a lot of cooking together, um, and at both of my houses, uh, we have a ton of cast iron skillets, and I know. Dad, you do as well, and so does Jason and Missy, is because we grew up knowing that the more you use the cast iron, the better it is. And it's because, you know, all the seasonings and everything from all the stuff you cook in it, it just gets better and better. I don't think no anybody would ever compare your sheets to that, but it really is. Uh, we have some sheets that we love called Bowl and Branch. And, you know, the more 
you use them, they just get more comfortable. They're made out of such a high quality thread count and they're, and they're done so well that like a lot of sheets, you know, that kind of wear out or get little fuzzies on them and all these different things. Bowling Branch is not like that. It's a very comfortable, very consistent sheet and it's all we use and we have a long time even before they sponsored the podcast so i want you to check these guys out uh, a great company that just started with a great idea and a great product they're 100 percent free from toxins pesticides you know all these harsh chemicals that a lot of these companies use i think you'll love them they're very they're super breathable and they feel great uh, on your skin so uh, go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H, bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Roberts and you're going to get 15% off your first set of sheets. Great deal. Bowlandbranch.com, promo code Robertson, and get a good night's sleep on some great sheets. A good lead-in to 2 Corinthians 6 because what the Apostle Paul and the the ones who were living by faith, they were he was saying some of the results. We commend ourselves in every way, great endurance, troubles, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. Yeah, now that's real consequences I mean, for your faith. This is this so we is going boy, beyond. This, we have it rough down here, Jace. But I'm that's looking at I'm, I'm looking at these people back in 2,000 years ago. By the way, the people that was giving them all this trouble, you say, what finally happened after at the end of the day? Uh, that empire, including Corinth part of the Roman Empire, it, it, it collapsed, Al. It's rubble. <clears throat> it is. So God won out on it the way it, way it turned out, no doubt about it. That empire is no longer here. Well, and some Now of the- we're under the American Empire. We live in it. We're members of the kingdom inside a constitutional republic. And we do the work of the kingdom inside the constitutional republic. And we warn people from the Bible, the verses, we give them the verses. It has warnings, admonitions, love God, love your neighbor, you can't go wrong. You know, don't, don't be full of hatred and all of that. We, we try to get that. Good trees bear good fruit, bad trees bear bad fruit. So it's an age old struggle between good and evil. Yeah, but some of these hardships were being caused by people in the church also. That is correct. So, I mean, he addresses that. But yep. I do think it's sobering. You know, I mean, you want some real suffering. I mean, when's the last time you've been beaten or in prison or been involved in a riot because of your faith? See, the Apostle Paul would say, boy, we have a, we have a prison ministry going on here. And they said, why would you want to do that? You say, because I'm in prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, you know, in, they put me in jail. Well, what are you doing? I'm trying to convert the ones who put me in jail. And there's so, a lot of people that have been converted when they get to jail and become amazing uh, that is evangelists correct. in jail. But, yep. you know, we're kind of talking about this from the assumption of sort of the American church and model, obviously, because that's where yep. we are. But, you know, around the world, you, you go pick up or go to the website Voice of the Martyrs and read about some of the things that are happening to Christians oh. today around the world, uh, mostly by other religious groups, but, I mean, you know, sometimes governments as well. I mean, there there are people that have the list just like this that have experienced it, you know, in their family recently. They were cursed, and so I've taken, taken numerous cursings, but to me— I, I wear it as wear that as a badge of honor. I'm like, well, doing some good because they they cursing me and God. We, we just keep moving, right? Well, the idea, but quit never we, never the, entered my mind. Have quit. Well, you need to quit speaking the word of God to, when you can to people around you, your neighbors. Al, have you ever said, you know what? This is too, causing me too much trouble. I think I'm out of here. It never entered my mind. Is it yours? Nope. Not at all. In fact, I mean, 
I've had people ask me before, you know, Hannity asked me one time, we were doing this radio show, and Lisa and I had written our book, and we're very open about our, our weaknesses and failures in the book. And, of course, this was at the peak popularity of the show, and Hannity, he, he looked at me, he's like, why would, why would you write this book? I mean, like, people love your family, and they respect you, and they think you're all great, and, man, this book has got some stuff in it. And I said, well, Sean, we wrote it because we, we were rescued. Like, we were in a terrible place. And by God's grace, we, we found our way out. Yep. And so we know there's people out there experiencing the same thing. So we want to help them. It's, it's about ministry, which is really what this whole book is about. Sure. And he looked at me. Sean looked at me. And he, I could tell he was, like, nodding, like, yeah, I mean, that that's great. But in his eyes, he was like, I don't get it. And he said, you know, there's things I hadn't even told my wife. And yeah. Lisa, Lisa said, well, I'm glad I'm not married to you, Sean Hannity. <laughs> and everybody laughed when she said that, and, and we moved on. But it, it just reminded me that people that haven't had that, you know, don't understand exactly uh, what grace is, they, they have a hard time then talking about what grace does for them. Whereas other people seem to get that, you know, yeah. it reminds me of that. Uh, I'm mad at them and I hate them, but I'm, I'm confused on why you don't. <laughs> right, yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to fathom. You're unless like, you've what had good the, would that do? What good right. would that do? It's right. just you're missing the point. Well, this you whole... remember that story in Luke seven? Whenever the woman was at Jesus's feet, and you know she's just broken, and he he's you know there watching it, and so is Simon the Pharisee, and Simon, you know he's it, it bothers him. Like he he's like he thinks in his mind. He says if this guy knew what kind of woman this was. You know, he must not be a prophet. In other words, she's just trash. And so he's looking at a scene that Jesus described as beautiful, and he's mad about it. Yeah. And then Jesus tells him a little parable about the, you know, re- receiving of the, the debt relief. And he says, you've judged correctly. And then he gives him a rebuke for for what he didn't do as a, as a guest, you know, a, a host. And then this woman, he says, she's been doing it all night. And then he said, yeah. the one who is forgiven much will love much. The one who's forgiven little loves Even little. Jesus was accused of being a drunkard. He, he hangs around sinners. He's mm. bound to be up to no good. He's, he's, right. he's a bad man. He, yep. He's down there at the bar down there drinking wine with a bunch of sinners. He's a yep. drunkard. <laughs> Which Paul's going to, we're going to talk about that when we get over to chapters later in the Jesus said too. wisdom would be proved right by our by our actions right well, read the rest of that text dad because you you read the first few verses pick it up there in verse six and well it just it just shows you you know as we follow Jesus there's great endurance in verse three and four there troubles hardships distresses beating they just beat the fire out of them imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger, impurity, understanding, patience, and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. I think what he's saying is this is impossible to live like this and to take on what the world does to you without God's spirit in you. You'll, 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 you'll break and run. You, you, the power's not there. He does bring up in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, which is the goal. And Jace mentioned it. You know, he said, yeah, let me give you a verse. Well, he went with 1 Corinthians 13. Well, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Truthful speech as we go forward. Uh, in the power of God with weapons, weapons now of righteousness you're like weapons of righteousness and <laughs> yeah. in yeah, ephesians he 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 alludes to that right quick the last part of we're not we're not wrestling against flesh and blood here and he goes on to say put on the full armor of god so when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground after you've done everything so stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and check this out with the breastplate, which gets, which offers a lot of protection if arrows have been thrown at you, weapons uh, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Man, so when he's talking to the Corinthians, he words it, weapons of righteousness in the left, in the right, 
right hand and left. You say, hmm, it's, it's protection, breastplate, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report. Sounds like the Internet. Genuine, yet regarded as imposters. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Just I just look at the way they treated Jesus when he was on the earth. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. The ones who come to Jesus by faith. It's their ticket to immortality. Having nothing, which is interesting. So if you say, boy, I've fallen on hard times. I've ended up with nothing around here. I don't even have a place to put my head. Having nothing yet possessing everything. What a statement. Only in Jesus would you make a statement like that. Because exactly most people right. look around and said, man, these people are hating me. I'm getting my tail beat, stomp, jump, riots, looting, shooting. <laughs> These, they just charged, charged on. Well, that's the reason I, I make the point. The time frame when this was written, give it three, four hundred years, probably about four hundred after that, somewhere along in there, this whole thing collapsed. The entire Roman Empire became a pile of rubble. But they were warning them before it came. It's kind of like these days. We warn our fellow Americans, uh, better, better love God, love your neighbor. I know it's tough, but you better exercise that because bad days are fixing to come our way. So I think they... Hey, hang on, Jason. Let's take a break. So as, uh, as the three of us get a little bit older, uh, seems to happen. Uh, quickly, but we're there. Uh, we realize we got a lot more aches and pains than we used to have. And uh, I didn't know this until Omega XL began to um, be one of our sponsors, that you have 360 joints that uh, start at the neck and they go all the way down to your feet, which is almost a joint per day that where something can go wrong. And as you get older, especially, Dad, you can relate to this even more than Jason and I, you know, you don't, your body doesn't produce what it needs to have your joints stay healthy and stay loose. And so that's where Omega XL comes in. Uh, it's going to, it's a great supplement uh, that really helps rejuvenate your joints because that's where you get all the aches and pains. And as you get a little bit older and you're trying to stay active. So uh, we highly recommend this. Uh, we've been taking it now for almost two years. It's been a great blessing. Uh, I don't take any sort of other pain medication anymore because of Omega XL. So I, it's a great product. If you go to OmegaXL.com slash fill, you're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free. That's OmegaXL.com slash fill. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. I think they, you know, he's writing this letter and he's talking about Christ's love compelling you and the only thing that counts is a new creation. It's all sounding great. You know, we're standing before God and we be confident at the end of our life. And then we're Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I mean, all this is like, this is inspiring. It's great. It's awesome. And then he's like, now, look, there's trouble coming, <laughs> distress. Been, you may have a beating, imprisonment, riots, hunger, sleepless nights. Well, all of a sudden, this ambassador representing heaven, it just doesn't seem as appealing <laughs> as it once did. And, you know, that's why he gets to the end after having said all that, which is very inspirational. He said in verse 11, we've spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you, which I made reference last podcast that he was going to, he's going after their hearts. That, that's where the decisions are being made. Yep. He said, we are not withholding our affection from you, but you are holding, withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. So he's trying to get them to humble themselves. Realize what God has done for them and join what they're doing and, and 
by being motivated by grace and love and motivating the cause here. But, uh, I mean, I think his, his words are very inspiring. And almost, you know, the way he did it is uh, interesting. He starts off talking about all the hardships and troubles. Then he launches into that verse 6. You know, he, he just, he has sleepless nights, hunger. And then he says, impurity. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting much sleep. I'm hungry, but I'm also conscious that I'm trying to be pure here. Um, in my understanding, patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit. But then he goes to saying that the power is coming from God, which goes back to his other reference about we have it in this jar of clay. This outwardly, we're just being tortured, beaten, breaking down, but God is leading this in the heart through his spirit and what you can't see. And, and then, it's, Chase, then it's all also, the opposite things. He also adds that in truthful speech. So when Dad was talking about the weapons of righteousness a minute ago, it's the breastplate is one thing to guard, you know, because it guards our heart. That's what righteousness does. You know, in the sense of physically, you get that picture of your physical heart, but he's talking about something obviously in your mind. Yep. But then also truthful speech, which would have to be the reference that Paul used in Ephesians 6 of the sword of the spirit. In other words, if you're constantly, if you're tweeting out first, uh, first Corinthians 13, that's truthful speech that only blesses people. But if you're cursing people and telling everybody how bad it, somebody else is, that's not helpful. That's not, nope. that's not righteous speech. I think that's part of what he means. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's doing this contrast that he introduced when he said we don't look at people from a worldly point of view because that's the way they're looking at him. That's why they're not opening their hearts to what's going on. They're like, well, you're getting yep. beat. You're getting whooped. I might go to prison. He's like, yeah, but look at the opportunity. Yeah, And I think that's the biggest thing. Most people, when difficulty comes, it causes bitterness and grief and despair. You see what he's saying. He's saying, look at the opportunity we have here to be ambassadors in the That's worst. Right. I mean, you can't be any more positive. Plus, by the time you get to verse 14, he makes a startling statement in the context of love God and love your neighbor. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. He asked a question, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common. It's like daylight and dark. What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, the devil? Who, well, that, that's what he means there. What's it's that little bit of, yeah, Varen and Belial, yeah, the evil one. What agreement is there between the temple of God, that's us, and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. God like said, that. I'll live with them. I'll walk among them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Therefore, come out from them. Don't operate as the world does. And you just look around you. You say, man, our culture is as rough as it was at Corinth. It's the same sins over and over and over. Therefore, well, come out from them and be separate. Well, but I, I think this is a tough passage. I mean, when I looked up commentaries and what people think, most people omitted this. Because that, I think you got these hardheads who use this in every possible scenario to where, I mean, you just mentioned earlier, I mean, Jesus was hanging out with the riffraff, and you're like, well, he's getting a bad reputation. Now, what happened to this? Do not be yoked with unbelievers. Yep. But I think when you think about the illustration here, you know, I believe this is in reference to when they had two oxen together, yoked together, pulling the whatever. Yep. I mean, you're wherever you're going, you're going together. Well, if you're with, not to compare ourselves to being dumb ox in, but... <laughs> We all as humans have our dumb ox moments. But if you're trying to go be an ambassador and you're yoked together with a, another dumb ox who's like, I ain't doing it. Well, it's going to be hard to plow the field. Yep. If you're literally yoked together and he's saying, I ain't doing it. If you're yoked together too tightly with the world, 
you'll start acting like it. That's what he. That's what he's kind of telling them, y'all. Exactly. You know, he's already made the statement. Remember, uh, the statement's already made that that some of you, you know, uh, where was it? It was it in first? Yeah, over when he said, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." That's in First Corinthians. Uh, I think this gets into 15. your inner circle. I mean, look, I could be wrong, but I think it gets into who you're who you're living life with. Yeah. I mean, we are to be in the world. We share Jesus. You remember the First Corinthians five where he had the moment. He's like, I'm not telling you not to associate with people who are sexually immoral. You'd have to leave the world then. Yeah. But then he got into this. Anyone who calls himself a brother. I mean, if you're trying to do life. And that's why when it gets into dating and marriage, because that's why people don't address this, because they're like, well, you can't be married to an unbeliever. But, you know, in First Corinthians 7, he kind of gets into that when you're you're in the position to when you were called and you have these verses about winning over your unbelieving husband. Where's that? First Peter three. Yeah. And but you also have to recognize that if you're going to yoke yourself with someone and you're making a decision if what's most precious to you is the Lord Jesus in your heart, and then you decide to yoke yourselves with someone who feels the exact opposite, it's just not going to work out. <laughs> I mean, well, for, if, it, not not to be judgmental, not to say, well, it can't work, or, but just think about it rationally. The one you're trying to win, if you're not careful, could win you over. Well, I agree. <laughs> Go ahead, Well, and that's typically what happens. Let's take a break. That's typically what happens. What's interesting, Jace, is, and I agree with both of your assessments, and it is difficult for people because, you know, they will apply this to situations and people and relationships that this was not intended for. That's not why he wrote it, which is why you have study and context. But it's interesting for those of us who have been yoked to the world, because I I was for a while, I totally get it. I mean, in other words, you don't me have to too. explain to me what it is. Me too. I, I get it. I I understood what it was like to be with the dumb ox next to me doing stupid things that were ungodly and harmful to everybody. So I think for the people that have been there, they get it and understand it. It's it's You're right. It's misapplication to a lot of other situations that Paul never intended for that. He uses in there as an illustration idolatry, which you think about it is true. If you say, I serve... Yahweh, I serve God, I serve the living God of the Bible. How can you then say, oh, and I also, just to be safe, I'm also going to serve this God over here because, you know, whatever. And I'm going to go down here and sacrifice to this God as well because, you know, you you never can be too sure about this. But that's that's not, how could you do that? You you either, God says you either serve me or you don't. You either love me or follow me or you don't. Yeah, I think he wrote it because, you know, in a couple chapters we're going to get into that the evil one himself masquerades as an angel of light. And so within the church, you can actually be yoked with people who don't love Jesus. Yep. And so, I, but he's also saying, look, we've opened our hearts. Why do you were trying to that? He's trying to unify in Jesus and be ambassadors. And they're like saying, no. And so I think the problem that he ascertained in all this is that, they were yoked with unbelievers, even in the church, and they were not putting Jesus at the center. We know that from First Corinthians 15. So when I look at my life, you know, practically, you say, well, what does this mean? I mean, I love everybody. We're supposed to, even our enemies, we're supposed to love everybody. I have friends. I have acquaintances. I have brothers and sisters in the church. But in my inner circle, there's one prerequisite to be in the inner circle. You must love Jesus. So that's who I'm yoked with. That's that's where I'm getting wisdom from in my decision-making process. Doesn't mean we uh, I agree with everything that everybody in my inner circle believes or teaches, but we all agree on that. Yep. So and to me, because that's who I'm yoked with, and and I believe that goes back to Jesus picking twelve and the small groups and the ministries in homes and different things like that. You 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 need an inner circle because it's not good to be alone. 
Mm-hmm. But your inner circle where you're getting being held accountable and speaking the truth, like you said, I, I don't want people in my inner circle that won't tell me the truth. Because then you can't recognize pride sometimes. We've had thousands, literally thousands, over the last 40 years of feeds, we call it. We pick out a, a if, if you want to feed, it's, it's uh, roasted tenderloin. It's, it's, it's. I haven't eaten anything yet today, Phil, so yeah. don't get too detailed it's, about that. It's, uh, just grab, it's just yesterday. grab the bark. Dad, yeah, just grab yeah. the crispy bark. Yesterday, on yesterday, and for 40 years, yesterday we had crawfish. My nephew balled up about a bag oh. of crawfish, 25, 30 pounds, brought it down there. Had this is potatoes. unusually pain and suffering. Now that I've said this, you're yeah, well, going to... it's a feed. You say, who were the participants? In the in, did you eat it all? So we ate every bit of it. You say, well, who's we? All the people who were believers were on the premises when we ate the crawfish. You say, as a pattern, you say, if you have someone who's not a believer, he's outnumbered because on his right and his left, no matter what kind of feed it is, if yeah. you're going to be able to eat at my house, it's either you're a believer. Or we're trying to make you help you be a believer. So but if somebody while, came you, in, you wouldn't say, "Well, you can't eat with us." Nope. Because why? I mean, tell them why. I think this is a good point you're making. He's he's welcome to the food, but we all know that when we get up, we're thanking God. We start out by we speaking when we're just talking about spiritual matters. So he's sitting over there, the unbelievers listening to that. Well, then we have a meal. Well, he notices that we are thanking God for something as simple as a as a ice chest full of crawfish has been boiled up. We said, thank you, Lord, for giving us that right out of your creation. When you made a crawfish, you made a doozy. He is delicious, that crawfish is. <laughs> well, you want the unbeliever to hear that because he says, that idiot thinks that those crawfish came from God. And I'm like, you're, you're beginning to learn on what, what we're all about. You're, you're learning. So they hear a prayer, which with their buddies, they're not going to hear anything that, that we love God, we love our neighbor. Help us, Lord, as we eat this, you know, to love you more each day and to help us to love each other. And thanks for the crawfish. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying. Amen. The unbeliever, if he's there, it's pretty interesting. A lot of them leave like their shirt tails on fire after they eat the crawfish. You never see them again. But while they're there, you give them a dose of what it's like, the mindset of people who bear fruit to God, the spirit of bearing fruit, is love for each other and love for God. You want to show them that small amount of time, but you say, it's not a bunch of sinners in you having a meal. It's a bunch of believers. and the Who ones- are sinners, but they are believers. That's right. Yeah. Was you going to say something else? No, I was going to say, Dad, so if you got the opportunity, would you lovingly use truthful speech to tell them about Jesus? Um, have you ever done that before, somebody that came down? Thousands of times. I'm talking over here to this person because he's a believer, and we're discussing spiritual matters. You say, why are you bringing it up in front of an unbeliever over there? I want him to hear this. It's called mm-hmm. directional dialogue. I'm talking to a believer but an unbeliever is over there saying, hmm, it's like the guy, Jace, when you talk to a group of individuals, one left the premise and said, I, I've heard enough about this Jesus thing. Well, he's hiding in a back room, but he's got his ear to the door and he's listening <laughs> to what Jace is saying, but he's hiding because the, the evil one's in him. Well, when the, when the smoke cleared, Jay said, well, what about it, guys? Anybody want to obey the gospel here tonight? So when everybody said, no, no, well, we'll think about it. But somebody come bursting out of the bedroom back there, and he said, I, I will. Remember that conversion yeah. story? Oh, I know. It's a wonderful conversion story, which proves my point. You try to get the gospel any way you can. Some will either be hiding behind doors, but they're listening, and they're hearing what Jace is saying over there, or me, or somebody else. We're hoping they're listening, but how would you know? But So that so, night comes and goes, and you go on about your business. Next day, here you go again. Trying to get the message to them. Faith comes from hearing the message. 
And messages so, heard through the word of Christ. So we, we try to get it to them. So uh, let's take our last break. <clears throat> well, yeah, and, and the point is of all that that Dan illustrated is how could you possibly reach people if you're not with people to reach them? I mean, so there's a difference in right. being yoked to unbelievers and people saying, no, we're going to isolate. Because a lot of times Christians want to just completely isolate. You know, we want our churches full of people that think just like we do. But Jesus never showed that example. I mean, he seemed to be very comfortable with what the people around him, who he, who they called sinners. Well, and, right. And constantly the religious leaders said, well, he's not one of us because he wouldn't That's be hanging people, out with those guys. People and that were there for right. People yep. that are legalistic, they try to take away your freedom. But I think the proper way to view it is that verse, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it says, do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Yep. That doesn't mean you're not free. It's a don't use your freedom in Christ. There's no doubt we're free in Christ. He he, he went to a cross so that we could be free. But don't use it as a cover-up for evil, which gets back to your the verse you read about bad company corrupts morals. But, I mean, I think people make excuses about this kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, there's a reason the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. I mean, it's like, I think if you look at the absurdity, if you look at it in a physical way, if in your inner circle you have somebody who is vehemently, by their lifestyle, their speech, where they go, I mean, you, you, can, you can find out, you know, in basically less than 60 seconds when you meet someone. I have a speech going, what, on, going on in Tennessee where you have a home, Nashville, in about one week. So I'll go up there, you say, do you know what this is all about? I mean, what kind of people? No, I have no idea. But well, to I know your that point, do, I'm doing it tonight. Yeah, I'm, do I'm not going be to a city. I have no idea. But unbelievers, you say, when you're with them, I don't know who's a believer and who's an unbeliever. When I get done, I point everybody to Jesus. The ones who want to put faith in him will do so. But Phil, ones, my point is the guy, if he's riding in your truck on the way up there, you know. That's right. And I think his point is, I mean, to me, it's like to use it as a physical illustration, like one of the things I hate uh, to do, because we've all spent a lot of time at camps, and I love the fact that you share Jesus, you get away from society and the phone and all, and but then they, so they come up with these games and different things, and they want to have fun. Well, most of my injuries that have happened in sports happen when we're playing a game for fun like three-legged <laughs> races and they they get you in a toe sack and you hop you know yeah i'm past but, that well yeah me too I, I didn't want to do it in the first place but my point is when you think about that three-legged race i mean if you're because i remember the worst injury i ever had doing that was the person they put me with because they thought it'd be fun was about a foot and a half shorter than me and so we we tie our legs together. Of course, I, I'm a competitor. I want to win. We didn't take two steps, and we're rolling around on the ground, you know, and I'm grabbing my knee. I mean, it, it was just horrible. But I thought about this verse like that, that if you're, if you're being yoked, you have somebody who is completely not compatible in the Lord, an unbeliever. That, that's basically what's going to happen. So, I mean, you can't sugarcoat it and say, oh, it might be okay. They may. It's like all these people that, you know, Al, you've counseled a lot when they're dating and they're like, well, I know this person that I'm going to marry is not a believer or whatever, but they're going to change. I mean, just through your years of marriage counseling, how many times did that work out? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. It just so it's not about you're making a judgment or you're saying it can't happen or you're because this this whole section is based on the power of God and the promises of God. You see the pro power of God in chapter six, verse seven, and it started off in verse one talking about the grace of God, the grace of God, the power of God. And then chapter seven, one, he says, since we have these promises. <clears throat> so it's none of this is based on us and our effort and he, he said the holy spirit is leading us but he also said it's going to be there's going to be difficult it's going to be trouble but then he makes that application don't be yoked with unbelievers it this is not going to work 
If you're trying to access the power of God, the grace of God, and yoked the promises of well, God. Yeah. Yoked is pretty well tied to. That's why I think thinking about the oxen, it helps you understand this. Because, look, it, this is a controversial section of Scripture. And I think a lot of people, a lot of stuff of what, what I read, I completely disagree. I mean, they had every... Every possible worldly scenario about, well, you can't do that because you'll be yoked with an unbeliever. But it's, that's why when you brought that up about Jesus having that bad reputation, well, they're, the people today in churches, they would say what Jesus did with hanging out with the tax collectors and sinners. They're like, well, that's wrong. You're being yoked with unbelievers. Yep. Well, I know he wasn't being yoked with unbelievers because he never sinned. So whatever he was doing was not what you're saying. That is correct. So it's. It, I'm glad you brought up the illustration about where we go in these events. I mean, look, I'm going to an event tonight that I'm not charging them anything, so it didn't go through the system. So I have no idea what it is. They asked me to do it, and I said I would do it. I'm, you know, I'm going to share Jesus. I don't know what mine but, is in a week from now. I have no but idea. But you get into situations, you know. I mean, I've been to things that were, I mean, worldly, so worldly that – I mean, I knew it was obvious, Galatians 5.19, the event that I'm now part of, this has nothing to do with Al God. And I, Al but, and I did a... Did well, let a, me just finish my last statement. But I made a point to let them know immediately that I, I'm not with this. I, and to me, that's the speaking the truth. If you get into an environment that is completely worldly and sinful... You, you got to realize, are they going to influence you or I'm going to influence them? I think you have to draw a line immediately. Well, we had, Al and I had a had a, a good description of this. We ended up at a casino. The liquor was flowing and the rap band was getting after it. And they invited me to speak. But Al, I hate to say it, but we... <laughs> you shut the party down. <laughs> you, you definitely were the party pooper that night. Oh, I guarantee you. All of a sudden, it got the quiet. The point is, there. you don't want to shut the party down. You just want to take them to a different party. I just <laughs> said they asked me He's to speak. That's what he did. You know, I, you know, I, I, I didn't what know. What I loved how, about I, it was we weren't intimidated by it, but, but quickly, and it was for a sponsor, but quickly, Dad and I realized this is an opportunity tonight for them to hear something they weren't planning on hearing. And yep. so, you know, some probably thought it was really cool, and others probably said, man, that'll be the last one of those I'd go to. Well, that's the last time I've been invited to a casino. <laughs> that wound it up. Hey, you're not really a casino guy. All right, we're out of time. I do want to touch on a couple of things in our overtime um, from that we brought up that we didn't get to. So uh, check us out on Unashamed Overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.